Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Live from Los Angeles, the Win Without Competing Show with Dr. Arlene Barrow, host and creator of the Right Fit Method, the key to professional and personal success. Now, let's join Dr. Arlene. Welcome to Episode 107 of the Win Without Competing Show. Can Clinton and Trump overcome objections to flawed brands? By the end of the show, you will be able to answer that question as well as can Clinton or Trump become the total package, the flawless fit? From the perspective of a behavioral educational psychologist and branding strategist who created the Right Fit Method, the focus of this radio show, and my book, Win Without Competing, I will dissect their flawed brands, the goal to determine the extent to which each one can overcome voter objections and distractions and become our next president. I will drill down on non-political issues. I have discussed their political policies on previous radio shows. Yes, I know, they change them all the time. Note, I will never compare and contrast these two candidates. Why? I am looking at them through a special pair of glasses with right fit lenses. Not only will you learn how to pick the right fit president, but also how to capture the right fit job. Do you have a unique brand? Can you overcome objections and distractions? Can you close on the first in-person interview? I mentor job seekers on how to use my right fit method to do all of this. Hillary Clinton. Are all the objections and distractions to voting for Clinton of equal importance? Let's find out. I believe that the number one objection should be Clinton's health which has been mentioned but not adequately addressed. Do you remember that early in the campaign, Bill Clinton wanted his wife's personal physician to travel with her while campaigning? Clinton shrugged off the suggestion. I immediately saw red flags. If she had accepted the offer, the media would have never stopped asking why she needed a physician with her. I know why now. On KABC Radio recently, Dr. Drew Pinsky, nationally known internist and psychiatrist, in concert with his medical colleagues, said that they were gravely concerned about Clinton's health. The condition that she has, according to them, is dangerous. Here's why. In 2014, Clinton suffered a concussion after a fall and she took six months off to recuperate. She suffers from transverse sinus thrombosis, an exceedingly rare blood clot on the brain. They further said that the blood clot virtually guarantees that somebody with this condition 
has something wrong with their coagulation system. The media has reported that Clinton has to be on blood thinners for the rest of her life. They fail to indicate the gravity of her condition. According to Pinsky and his colleague, her health care may be dated, citing the 1950s level of care. What I found fascinating is that Pinsky and colleague were invited on the radio show to dismiss any problems about Clinton's health. What a shock. Honesty and trustworthiness have been significant negatives for Clinton. Before the election, Clinton should release her medical records. If she does not release them, becomes president, and dies in office from the blood clot or complications from it, her legacy will be further tarnished. Clinton has another health challenge. Her thyroid is underactive. The thyroid manages a wide array of bodily functions. An underactive thyroid could cause weight gain and low energy. If she has low energy, how can she manage a heavy-duty presidential schedule? If you observe how she uses her time, you will see that she tries to conserve her energy. Usually on weekends, she is not on the campaign trial trail. She tries to keep herself not too visible for, I believe, that reason as well as other reasons. I believe that if Bill Clinton was not a former president, Hillary would not be running for president. She has already given him the job of running the economy if she is elected. Hillary needs Bill, who I believe will be the co-president using the title First Gentleman. What do you think? Email me and give me your opinion. That's Dr. Barrow, D-R-B-A-R-R-O, at Barrow Global, B-A-R-R-O-G-L-O-B-A-L.com. On the upcoming presidential debates, Clinton's health must be discussed. If I were preparing debate questions, Clinton's health would be the focus of my first question. If I were advising Trump, I would prepare him on how to present her medical diagnosis. If the question is worded exactly right, the audience should be able to read her body language to determine the truth. How can a presidential candidate or any other political office job seeker run if they are unable to fulfill their responsibilities if elected? Ponder this question. Is there any strategy that Clinton could use to overcome the health objection other than switch to another topic? The number two objection to Clinton focuses on the Clinton Foundation and the money trail. The Clinton Foundation has about $2 billion in donations. The Clintons are worth about $150 million. Sounds like quite a bit. Uh, When Hillary and Bill were leaving the White House, they did something very interesting. They packed up some of the White House furniture. Hillary mentioned when they were leaving the White House that they were broke. What happened was 
the government allowed them to keep some of the furniture, but they also had to return some. Look at their wealth today. How did they amass so much money? According to the Internal Revenue Service, only 10% of the Clinton Foundation money goes to charity. The Boston Globe, the Washington Post, and the New York Times have investigated the Clinton Foundation. They believe that if Hillary Clinton is elected as president, the foundation should be shut down. Moreover, it has been suggested that the foundation should be shut down right now. If the foundation is shut down now, then the objection, which has been voiced on both sides of the aisle, will be deflected. If the Clintons insist on keeping the foundation open, then the pay-for-play allegedly orchestrated by the Clintons and Uma Abedin, who worked for Hillary when she was Secretary of State, and the foundation concurrently, will both be investigated. The State Department was also involved in this blockbuster escapade. Curious about pay-for-play? Google it. It's not surprising that Hillary needed to work from home as Secretary of State. Was she holding more than one job? Curious about Uma Abedin? She is currently the vice chair of Hillary's campaign. She is never far away from Hillary. And then there's the emails. If you're thinking, I I forgot about them, I did not. It's all part of a fascinating facade, which includes pay-for-play. I will leave it to you to draw your own conclusions. Do you think the impropriety is real or not? The investigation continues. Donald Trump. The number one objection to Trump is his personality. Trump spent his career as an entrepreneur, not as an employee. He is accustomed to saying whatever he thinks. He keeps dealing the cards over and over. He loves to ignite conflict. He believes that all publicity is beneficial. Finally, he realized that the entrepreneurial ball game is vastly different from the presidential election political game. Unfortunately for him, the vast array of verbal attacks and tweets are returning in Clinton's ads to haunt him. To raise the probability of winning in November, Trump must meticulously manage his verbal and nonverbal behavior. He must be relentless in level-headedness and resist the temptation to take the bait and lose control. Clinton will work hard to upset him during the upcoming presidential debate. She has hired psychologists and others who know him well to help her figure out how to ignite him. If he cannot keep himself balanced and controlled, his policies will lose their power. He will be remembered as undisciplined. I am pondering this question. If Clinton were elected president, would she study other world leaders, Congress, terrorists, in the same way as she is studying Trump? The hallmark of a great leader, which we want our president to be, is laser beam insight into the behavior of others. Why? The president needs to be able to predict that behavior in order to implement the right-fit strategies. We cannot assume that the advice of others will always be correct. Will Clinton be that great leader? 
Going back to the two questions I posed at the beginning of the show, can Trump and Clinton overcome objections to flawed brands? Both have a wide array of personal and policy objections, which are distractions to voters. Can Clinton or Trump become the total package of flawless fit? 30%, 5% of the voter population do not like either candidate. Honesty and trustworthiness are high on the list for both. It is highly likely that most voters will see both of them as flawed fits. Job seekers, are you ready to create your brand and broadcast that brand without objections and distractions on your resume and on job interviews? Can you close on the first in-person interview? Ready to talk? Email drbarro at winwithoutcompeting.com or call 310-443-4277. Be sure to visit winwithoutcompeting.com. Remember, strategy is the name of the game. Do you know how to play to win? Thank you for listening to Episode 107 of the Win Without Competing show. Goodbye for now. This is Dr. Arlene.